talking about video games. Yeah! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Shanley. Joining me, as always, is my best friend, Evan Arnold. Eddie, how are you doing? Doing good, Pat. A lot of games to play. I'm happy to be playing those games. Happy to be talking to my buddy about those games. How are you doing, man? Haven't talked to you in a while. I'm good. Thank you. I'm cold because it's raining like crazy here in Los Angeles, but that is a good reason to play video games. And also, it's crazy. We're, what is it, February 2nd right now? And we already have three huge games that have come out at the beginning of uh, 2019. What are those three? Okay, so we've had, in order, Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is fantastic, and I recommend everyone play it. We have Kingdom Hearts 3. And then we also have a little smaller one called Wargroove, which is kind of blowing stuff up right now. It is. It is. And I actually want to talk about all these games because all these games, I'm, let's just start it off with Resident Evil 2. Sure. Let's be positive at the beginning. I almost cussed there. I love this game and I don't like scary things at all. I was on the fence about buying this game because I, every tweet that I saw about this game was like, oh, it's scary. There's a lot of jump scares. I hate jump scares more than anything. Colin actually jumped and bought it. And then I was like, well, if Colin can play it, I can play it. I can't stop playing this game. I'm almost done with Leon's story. I feel like I'm at the very, like, I just finished like playing with Ada. I think I'm at the end of his story. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's something, it's something else. Like the best looking zombies I've ever seen in the video game. The atmosphere is crazy scary, but it's one of those games where I just can't put it down. Did you play the original? Never. I've never. This is my first scary game I've ever played. Really? Just in general? In general. Never played Dead Space. I've never played... Uh, I couldn't play Prey because of the jump scares. I, just, I cannot mm-hmm. wrap my mind around it, but for some reason, this Resident Evil 2 remake, I, can't, I cannot put it down. So you and I are really similar then in the fact that I don't really like survival horror or like scary games. I'm not good at them. Uh, that said, this game was just like, it's so fun and it's not scary. It's scary. Like there's jumps and there's, there's scary things that pop out, but mostly it's just fun. It feels like watching like a horror movie that realizes it's it's a horror movie. It's a, it's not quite tongue in cheek, but it's not completely just over the top horrifying. No, it's very grounded. I mean, it still has this like Japanese type games, you know, ridiculousness with the raccoon city and umbrella and all this like story incorporated in it. But like the actual, like moment to moments in the game feel real good like when the tyrant is first revealed mr x whatever his name is that Mm -hmm. was a really good moment for me i was like i was freaking out but still it was like i i was on my toes just trying to maneuver these puzzles while this big giant behemoth of a zombie was chasing me and everything it's just it just feels good it's one of those games that just feels very good i i love everything about it Yeah, it was, um, I played it on the easiest difficulty the first time, and then the second time I played through, I played it on the medium difficulty. Uh, What I found was, is that once you play through it one time, even when you're playing the separate storylines, you're so much more prepared the second time you go through. It's this really satisfying feeling, unlike other games that kind of feel like a, not a chore, but you're not really interested in playing through it again. The main gameplay is short, it's only like eight, nine hours. Uh, on the second time through, you know the answers to the puzzles and you kind of are more equipped to survive in Raccoon Police Department. And you just feel like a badass, like where the first time you were really scared to like be moving around. And that's sort of the fun of the game is that you get better at it as you're playing it. Yeah, exactly. And it, it things become less scary 
as you go. So if you're one of those people like me who are kind of going into this, I don't like scary things. I don't like jump scares. I would give it a try because it's not that bad. If I can make it this far, then you probably can as well. Did you play the original, Pat? I did not. My brother did, though. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. Okay, because I'm, I'm curious to see. And if you aren't familiar with what Pat does, he's having a Hollywood Reporter. There is a good article that Pat did, I think, like a couple weeks ago with Richard Newby, where you talked. Yeah, I- also, I'm sorry to interrupt you and to talk over you, which is a no-no for us because of our recording <laughs> software. But uh, a huge shout out to Richard Newby, who is just the raddest dude. Like, he's a fantastic writer and just awesome. Yeah, I really enjoy his stuff. And, uh, like, if you are... Curious to see what a person who's played it before, what their reactions are to it now. Because I believe Richard in the article says that he played it before when it originally came out. And then he kind of gives his impressions of what it is like now. So, But this is just impressions from people who have never played it before. And I just have to say it's, it's early in the year, but it's probably going to be on my top 10 for next year. It's just it's that good of a game. It's just that good of a game. Because it wasn't just a remake, you know, or rather I should say it's definitely not just a remaster if anyone's thinking that. They really built this game from the ground up. It is a completely new game that just happens to also be Resident Evil 2. It's not just the graphics. It's not just the gameplay. Everything about it is different and tweaked. Even the places where the monsters come out, you know, they, they redid all the scares to make sure that this is going to be a fresh experience, even if you have played the game. Which is cool, and I, and makes me wonder about your game that we don't talk about too much because I think it builds up bad feelings for you. Maybe Final Fantasy VII Remake is not going to be a complete travesty. Maybe that's why it's taking so long, because if it takes this type of, if they're completely remaking the type of game that it wasn't originally, I mean, it could be something else. That's the only explanation for this game taking 47 <laughs> years to be <laughs> completed. I'm, I'm trying to give you some positivity here. But I think this game is how – I think we've seen some good remakes in the last couple of years between – I mean, Shadow Colossus was exactly the same thing, but still it was a really good remake. I think this one is just one of those things. Ah, it, No, it goes back to our, our one of our podcasts where we like, try to des- decipher between a remaster and a remake. But like you said, this is from the ground up, a completely different experience from the graphics to the different scares to the, I think the, even the way the game shoots – the way the game plays, like the different mechanics in it, it's just it's a good it's a good remake. And this is, if right. any developers striving to remake their games from the '90s, this is what you should do. Well, everyone's doing that right now. Let me say that last year when I played the remake, uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy was that last year, or two years ago. I don't know. I have no sense of time at all. Uh, anyway, I thought that was a fantastic remake. Uh, And it didn't really, it added a few new tweaks, but mostly it was just like a new skin on an old game, but it was awesome and it looked amazing. And I can't believe I'm saying this because I hate remakes generally, but if people keep making them this good, then I'm all right with it. So what would you- And we're still getting new Resident Evils too. You know, they made seven last year and they're working on eight right now. Well, isn't this, isn't seven the one where, or which Resident Evil was the one that like kind of spawned this? Because this is running off the engine of the first-person sh- shooter, right? It's the RE engine, okay. yeah, which uh, I believe was developed for RE7 Biohazard or whatever the hell it is. And, the, so, and Resident Evil 2, I'm, I don't know too much about the lore because I've never played them. The second one is regarded as one of the best next to 4, right? Yeah, so 4 is the first one that I played, and that one is amazing. Uh, but for like old-school Resident Evil fans, most people say that 2 is. Uh, funnily enough, both of them star Leon, the same character. So it's sort of like a running joke that any Resident Evil game with Leon isn't Leon in it is going to be one okay. of the better ones. Okay. And now that continues because this remake kicks We'll give you more remakes then. 
give me more remakes. It's it's an excellent game. It's phenomenal. I just I cannot yeah, get I, enough of it. Everybody, go out and get this game. Um, all right. Well, we're we're taking a different tack than what we had written down is what we were going to do. But since we're already talking about the games that are out right now, can you tell me you've been playing Wargroove? Yeah, correct? I have. I have. Okay. So Wargroove is this is a little bit misleading because uh, what's his name? Not not Noble Ape. What is his name? Um, ugh, my God, I'm forgetting the guy uh, who made uh, Concerned Ape. Thank you. So Concerned Ape did not make Wargroove, but the production company behind it, Chucklefish did make Wargroove, and they have once again knocked it out of the park with a throwback game that seems almost like a remake of another game, but just delivers and is not like a cheap cash grab. Like, Wargroove, from all I've heard, no, is it incredible. No, it is, and it's, I don't, Advanced Wars was a really big game for the Nintendo DS series. Um, I never, was. what else was Advanced Wars released for? Was it just, uh, I know, as far as I know, it was Game Boy Advance correct? too. I know that's where it's the first Game one was. Advance. Was there one release for DS? Am I just talking out my butt right now? Uh, let me <laughs> look this up real quick. Hold on. Yeah. Okay. So there were four. Wait, I have a sound drop. Look this. Looking it up. This is our look up. I'm looking it up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, it, there was one release for Nintendo DS, Advance Wars, Dual Strike. So I'm gonna be honest. I've never played Advance Wars. They were. I had a Nintendo DS, but for some reason, I don't know why I never picked these games up because they seem like my type of strategy game. So these games are set up like chess, right? They You have different tiles around the map. You set, you buy different types of units. So you can buy a soldier unit. You can buy a ranger unit. You can buy cavalry. And they do different types of attacks. Different, They can move at different types. Different types. They can move so many tiles. It's, it's one of those games where you have to be very thoughtful about where you place these tiles and you have to be very thoughtful about your moves right um the story is very good i just i put maybe put like three or four hours into it i've gotten to the second act it's about a young lady whose dad was um basically assassinated like one of your run-of-the-mill fantasy stories and you're basically just taking over your kingdom and defending yourself against this vampire legion of doom did you say yeah, vampire? they're vampires. So there is, this, I'm telling you, this game is cool. There, uh, you are like a human kingdom. The kingdom to your east is like a vampire kingdom, and the kingdom to your west is like a fairy kingdom. I could be wrong about that. Don't don't get mad at me. I'm not to the fairy kingdom yet. So y- right now, I'm to the point where I'm trying to like form an alliance with the fairy kingdom to take on these vampires who are slowly trying to expand their borders into my king my my area. So. This is sounding way too much like True Blood, and now I don't know if I'm. I've on never board watched anymore. True Blood. I've never. You were Wasn't it's a bunch so of vampire bad. orgies in True Blood? That's all I know about True Blood. It's like, yeah, it was a bunch. There's pretty much everyone on it was naked. Well, like there's no sure. vampire orgies or nudity in Wargroove, so that might convince you to pick it up. There are, however, war pups, and that should sell. Yeah, and like you have your leaders that you can take out. You have your different units. It's just it's one of those games. It's kind of like um, Fire Emblem. I can't really, I can't really compare to Advance Wars because I've never played Advance Wars. So that's that's my weakness right now. Wow, a game yeah, you haven't played. But if you're looking for a good strategy game where it's set up like chess, you have to cover your bases, you have to like take over villages to make more money to buy more units. It's all there, and it seems like it's a very complex game for what it is. 
Hmm. So, okay, let me ask you, we're only, what, four or five weeks into 2019. How are you feeling about this year so far in terms of the games that well, we've we didn't seen? get a Monster Hunter yet this year, but no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you were still playing last I, year's I Monster, Hunter. Monster Hunter. Um, I, I'm feeling good. Um, I think we're following the same trajectory as we did last year, though, because with Resident Evil 2, we already have our first big remake of the year. With War Groove, we have mm-hmm. our first like surprise indie game of the year. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, the West came out in January of last year, correct? Yeah, that was our big um, indie game last year. Kingdom Hearts is taking everyone by storm, and that's a, I think that's a big release that everyone was waiting for. So I, I actually, I think this year I already might be off to a better start. It's looking like it, and I'm surprised because I thought 2018 was so great. I also thought 2017 was super great. Um, it's funny to me that Kingdom Hearts is, this shouldn't be a surprise, but it's been what, 14 years, I think, since the last main numbered entry in the Kingdom Hearts franchise came out. It was 2005, was Kingdom Hearts 2. It's 14 years, it is a series that is geared at children, and it is still huge. Yeah, because everyone played it as a child. I feel like I played the first two when I was a kid, really enjoyed them when I was a kid. I bought that $100 release thing that came out a couple months ago where they had all of them, because I was just like, I'm going to get Kingdom Hearts 3, I want to play through all of them so I can know what the story is. I want to go in like, you know, basically with some kind of understanding of what Kingdom Hearts was because I haven't played in such a long time. That was such a bad idea. <laughs> Do you have any it, idea it what the story is at all? I, it's, it's, it aged so bad. It's just the combat is so clunky. The story in the first game is so just generic. The voice acting is bad. And I, I realized the game was released in 20, 2002, so it's been a long time. Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God, it's so hard to get to the first one. Uh, I feel, I'm trying to. Yeah, uh, these games, and this, it's weird that this is even still the case. I mean, with the new one, it's like this, too, because I have played Kingdom Hearts 3. The localization is really bad in this series, and there are huge pauses in dialogue, like very strange, odd pauses. And I'm not sure if it's because the Japanese version of the game had much more uh, speaking in it. Uh, maybe those characters take longer to speak in the Japanese language. I don't know. I haven't listened to the Japanese version. Or it's just very poorly paced. I mean, they're literally, very early on in the game, you were just sitting there waiting for characters to talk for uncomfortable periods of time while it just sits there. It's strange. I, the only thing I can think is that it's bad localization, but I don't know. Oh, you're really selling me on this game. I th- it was like that for the first two, though. Because I, I like playing through the first one, it's the same thing. Everything, it just feels off stiff it's like yeah. stiff it's a stiff game it doesn't flow well and it's and it's weird because jrpgs usually don't have that problem and it's hard and i haven't played kingdom hearts 3 so i can't talk on that because i'm trying to play through these other ones but it's hard going from a dragon quest and even a ninu kuni to this to, to these games because it's just i i can't i i'm it's so basic is what i'm trying to say you were good and i don't mean <laughs> Uh, I was I was trying to go say something meaner, but I, I don't I don't want to upset the the children, the legion of yeah the children, the legion of Kingdom Hearts fans because yeah. this game is reviewed very well. Yeah, it's like one of the top reviewed games right it now. It is, yeah. I mean, I think currently it's sitting on Metacritic at like a high eighties or something. Which I mean, if it, if it's any indication, something like God of War and Red Dead are at ninety five and ninety six, so it's up there with like big, big, big games. And I've read a lot of reviews for Kingdom Hearts three because I've. Look, first of all, I got to say congratulations to everyone who was waiting so long for this game. Congratulations for the developers for putting out this game because it's been so long. I like to see things like this. 
because I want to see games continue. Um, but it's just, <laughs> I'm trying so hard to be positive right now. It's, it's so overrated. I think it's one of the most overrated series that I've seen in the last couple of years. And all the reviews that I read from this game were by fans that were waiting for this game for 14 years. I didn't see one review from this game from like a person who was on the fence about King on Kingdom Hearts or someone who didn't really care for Kingdom Hearts. But then again, who would want to play that? Sure. Well, what's funny about that is it's almost the opposite of what we normally hear about video game reviewers and video game journalists. You know, this isn't true, by the way, and I know this is a fact because I know a lot of these people, but people are like, oh, the people who write about video games aren't really video gamers. Be like, first off, yeah, a lot of them are. Second off, they all have full-time jobs, so it's a little bit harder to just be playing games all the time. But then second off, this is the opposite of that, where like you almost only have like fans reviewing a game series that's been like almost 15 years waiting for it. That's also not a good person to be reviewing a game. You shouldn't just have a fan reviewing a game. It's like me reviewing a Bioware game. Like it's like people talking to me about Anthem or like, what do you think about Anthem? I'm obviously obviously going to be a positive because Bioware raised me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's in a lot of the and Kingdom Hearts. I feel like has been important to a lot of people. I feel like a lot of this was their first gaming experience because people love Disney for whatever reason. So I feel like a lot of people. This was their first game. This was their first memory. This was their first game that got them to go buy a PlayStation 2. This was the first game that people put 80 hours into a game because it took that long to beat the first Kingdom Hearts. So I feel like so many kids invested that much time. And like I said, the story is so generic that you can remember it, I guess. Yes, I, I don't remember anything. This is, the story's insane. I, I don't understand what is happening in Kingdom Hearts. And to be fair, I haven't played them in years. And I was a fan of the first two. Even though when they first were announced, I thought they were the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. Well, what happened with it? Because I, I remember the first one, and I'm, I'm slowly getting through it. You were just basically trying to f- fight an evil person who was stealing people's hearts. Yeah, do more. Right? And, then it, and then it got to a point where souls were being taken, and then people were doing fusion dances and fusing together. Sorry, Dragon Ball Z. Like it's like, I, like what happened with it? I, I, There's so all these playable characters. Like what? I, I don't, when did it go off the rails? Do you want to? Okay, this is just in a nutshell how insane the story is of Kingdom Hearts. The dude who voices Sora, Haley Joel Osment, who I spoke to yesterday, as of the time of this recording, he said that they had to have like a big poster board with like arrows and like push pins to like remind everybody what the hell was going on in this series. Why? Why? Why would you want to play something like that? And it's for kids. It's for kids. It's just like the same. You're gonna push back on me. It's like the same thing I have for Final Fantasy. So I don't like Final Fantasy because at a certain point, the the story gets so complex for no reason, no reason. It's just like, oh, look at how, look at how deep we can get, and it's, there's nothing deep about it. It's different for different games in the Final Fantasy series, but I understand at least a little bit about what you're saying. Yes. And like, and I'm looking, I'm talking about looking at Final Fantasy as a whole series, like trying to put together everything. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's just ridiculousness. So I don't, if you like that type of game, be you, but I don't know, Kingdom Hearts, when I was, I don't know what happened. Maybe I'm just a surly old man now. I used to love Kingdom Hearts going back to it. It's just put such a bad taste in my mouth. It's just not good. Uh, yeah and then i'm trying to like read the story so i'm looking on wikipedia's and like i said the story was easy because i thought it was easy when i played the first one but i'm looking at the story now and it's just so i can't comprehend it and i went to i have a college degree 
and I can't <laughs> comprehend what, what's going on in a kid's story. It is needlessly convoluted, I'll tell you that. And I'm sure somebody listening to this will be, oh, it's actually really simple if you just look at Professor Xenohard and what he's done in over the last <laughs> two and a half decades. I don't care. I don't want to. And I've said this a million times about a million different games. I don't, or movies, by the way, I don't need a compendium open next to me to follow your story. That means your story is too complicated. Yeah, absolutely. Unless the game is phenomenal. And I don't think Kingdom Hearts is phenomenal, to be honest with you. It's not. And uh, the combat is better in this new one. It is. And some of the, yeah, and some of the graphics, I hate talking about graphics now because all graphics are amazing, but some of the environments that they make, particularly the Pirates of the Caribbean world, are like, they're gorgeous and they're really cool and awesome. But I, yeah, and I, I'm not taking that away because go, actually going to the Disney worlds is cool. Like seeing what they can do, like incorporating Disney into video games is cool if you like that nonsense. But after a certain, it gets old, right? Yeah. Or am I just old? Well, I don't know. Did I outgrow the series or is the series never that good? And I just kind of now figured it out. No, and sorry, that's too harsh because the games are fine. They're well made and they appeal to the people that they appeal to. They're just a little bit weirder than I remember them being. And I, but I like weird games. <laughs> yes, you do. Like I, I, I love weird games. So this game should be right up my alley. But for some reason, it's just like I, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe it's because I can't. The story's too ridiculous. Like I, Riku and Sora, and that whole dynamic is weird. And like, there's the character development in the game. I, I, I can't. I don't know, man. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something about Kingdom Hearts that I just don't like. Well, the game, the maybe it's just the whole it. series. I don't, but I bought it, so I have to. I'm going to play it eventually. Well, you didn't just buy; it. you spent like a hundred dollars on it. I thought I thought it was going to be good. I thought I was going to. I thought I was going to. It's going to age well. I thought I would like it still. You played them as a kid, though, right? Yeah, I did. I played both of them and loved them. I like regarded them well, and then now I'm like, man, maybe I was a dumbass kid. Well, like, I can I tell ha- you that I hate you were, kid me. So put your mind at ease. Because that much is true. <laughs> um, I was very intelligent. Okay, I'm not. I'm not kind of, kind <laughs> of, in a way. So maybe. Look, whatever. We're just old and we're grumps, and that's what happened. Kingdom Hearts is fine. Kingdom Hearts continues to be Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. I am surprised yes. that this many people have that much brand loyalty to this franchise. People just like Disney. Do people love? I think it's just Disney. I guess. I don't know. If this was like a Marvel game that was just ridiculous, or if this was like a like a <laughs> this was like a Warner Brothers game where they brought in a bunch of Warner Brothers properties, I think people would rail it. But I think the fact that it's just Disney and I get to play with Buzz Lightyear, I think that's what gets people excited. Oh my god, and like Woody's in it and Tarzan's in it and all my favorite Disney characters are in it. And James Woods. Oh, James Woods is yeah, in it? They got him back? It's weird that it hasn't really been brought up, but James Woods does still voice Hades in this game. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not trying to get like super political. It's just, it's kind of funny that like it wasn't really brought up considering like his online persona at the moment. And considering how many, all right, I'm getting political. Right. And considering how many liberals play this game, like, could it just, like a lot of people that I follow that are hardcore liberal that are always tweeting about like, Basically, the PC culture and things like that are the same people that are not complaining about James Woods. So here's a lesson. Liberals don't care about things if they like it. They don't care about – you can put 
a very controversial character in anything you want. As long as they like it, it's fine. Just make sure that Donald Duck is standing next to him. Yep. And you're good. Well, that's you're a lesson good. for everybody here. Donald Trump is going to be main character in all the Disney movies from now on, and people will love him in five years. Watch. His name is Donald. Is that a coincidence? You could do it. Yeah. You Just have him voice Donald Duck from now on. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have all the sound drops. I want to use them. It's very good. But look, I'm not bashing Kingdom. I am kind of bashing Kingdom Hearts. If that's your game, go for it. If you're an adult and you enjoy it, and you still can find the inner childhood in yourself, good job. Congratulations. Good for you. Jealous Being of you. happy as an yeah. adult. I'd rather play Dragon Quest. Yeah, there's for the West of, rest of us, there's whiskey. Yes. Oh, my God. Speaking of a whole bunch of people who are acting kind of childish, who are adults. <clears throat> all right, I'm going to try and temper this. And I admit full-heartedly before we get into it that I am not a user of Steam. I am not super familiar with Steam, nor have I ever even loaded up the Epic Game Store in my life ever. So I am not a PC gamer. I have never played on my PC However, the way that people react to things not going their way, particularly in the gaming world, is madness. And we had another example of it. This is example number 685,000. Metro Exodus, an upcoming highly anticipated game, which I played at E3 last year and did not think was the best game there. Uh, (laughs) It was announced that Epic Games would be releasing it exclusively through their store, meaning it would not be on Steam. People who use Steam were not happy about that go figure, and started to review bomb every other game in the Metro series on Steam to like drive down the reviews, which is doubly hilarious because Metro isn't on Steam. So you're review bombing games you can't even get on the platform. It was on Steam, but now they're transferring, I guess, all the sales over to Epic Game Store. So I think, I, I could be wrong, but I think the Metro Exodus page might still be up on Steam. Okay. But, but I could be, I haven't checked Steam to um to verify uh let me so, also throw in this other wrinkle in here the game is ten dollars cheaper on epic for customers than it would have been on the other one and people are still pissed off and people are pissed off at epic for having exclusive in the first place feeling like they're like robbing fans of something that a doesn't belong to you you don't own it fans like it's not yours and then b what is epic store what is the epic game store supposed to do not have exclusive content. So how are they supposed to exist? Well, and how do they get started, right? Like you made this com- you made this comment before we started, like this is the type of move, these are the type of moves that you have to make in order to establish your brand, right? So how do you get users to transfer from Steam over to the Epic Games launcher? And this is the way you do it. I think it's a little shady on how they did it. I think offering up on Steam first, having people pre-ordered on Steam and then transferring all those pre-orders over to Epic Games Store launch is a little, I, you know, it's not, a, I, I, <laughs> I get what people are kind of angry about. I kind of get what people are angry about, but for them to blow up like this is a little bit extreme because you're still getting the game. It's you're marking, it's marketing off for $10. You have to download the Epic Games Store, which isn't a big download. I understand that you're upset because the Epic Games Store isn't as beefy as the Steam store, but it's like, come on, man. It's just such a childish reaction, and that's what bothers me. Look, what you said is a good point. Uh, if you had already gotten the game or like had an agreement that it was going to be on Steam, is that the case? Is that what happened? That it was said it was going to be on Steam? Yeah, I, I believe that it was off available. Uh, 
originally available on Steam. People were pre-ordering it on uh-huh. Steam. And then there was a release that was just like, you know, we're not going to be releasing this game on Steam anymore. Everyone's pre-order is going to be honored over on Epic Game Store. But this game's just not going to be available on Steam anymore. Okay, so then like, all right, sure, like maybe that's not handled in the best way. You're still getting your money back. You're still being honored for what you paid for. You just now have to do it through another app. Who cares? And also, even if you do care, this is the way that you react to it? Yeah. And And it seems like there's so many... Look, I am a big fan of options right and we right now there isn't i'm a pc gamer i i have steam and i have the epic games launch store the epic games launch store is nothing impressive right now but we have to remember it's only a year old even if that that, right exactly so it's maybe it's not that old and they have to make moves like this and if you want options and you want different basically platforms to buy games on then this, I mean, what are you complaining about? You know what I mean? Like we have the Origin Game Store, which is garbage. We have Steam, which is, in my opinion, garbage as well. Because I like Steam. It's easy to download games, but it's so over. There's so many games on there that are garbage that just like populate mm-hmm. the store. And it's just so hard to find what you're looking for or find new things that are good. So I'm happy to see the Epic Game Store. Maybe try to make clean up a little bit, clean it up a little bit. And it's providing a lot of money to the developers off. So I, you know, it's, I I like the, I like seeing options. And I think, like you said, this reaction is just over the top. It's over the top. And let me just, yeah, let me just go off of what you're saying right now and climb aboard my soapbox. What is the alternative here, folks who are upset about this? Because you either, here are your two choices. You can either have options, like you just said, and the only way to have an option and be viable, because these people have to pay to make this a viable business option, is for Epic to have exclusives to court users to their platform. This is how business is done. So you can either not have that and have a monopoly and have it just be Steam. So now everything's on Steam, which by the way, you don't work for people who are getting upset and they don't owe you anything. Or you can have it be done like American business and let you have options and let you decide where you want to go to play it. If you don't want to buy Metro Exodus because of what's happening, because it's on the Epic Store, go for it. If you want to log on and review bomb old games that you were clearly a fan of in the first place, otherwise you wouldn't be upset, then you are a loser. And I'm sorry, I mean that in the exact sense of that word. You are a loser. Move on with your life. It's it's childish behavior and it is madness that things like this keep happening all the time. Yeah, and I agree with everything you're saying. And I also want to add, there's so many other things that you can like be angry about or get on your soapbox about other than like your game moving that a game that you pre-ordered moving from one platform to another platform. Like I don't see the same <laughs> anger towards like the massive influx of Nazis that they have on steam review bombing games or like pushing up games that are like pushing white supremacy ideals up. And yes, it's out there. You can look it up. There've been plenty of articles about it. I don't see a fervor about that. I don't see a fervor about all these just like garbage games that are just flooding the steam market these like meme games that people are just put out there to get like a quick laugh and to take your like $10 from, I don't see the same uproar from that, but yet you're going to get angry about the free market. I, it's just, I don't, I, I don't know. 
it's it's a weird it's a weird hill to die on. Lost in all of this is the fact when did because what you just said was the news like a year ago that people were afraid that Steam was going to start censoring games that were coming on, right? Because yeah. everyone was sick of the crap and garbage games that were being peddled on the Steam all the time. And now suddenly Steam is this wonderful bastion of like, oh, it's the best possible online store that could ever be. And screw Epic for doing anything. They have so much money from Fortnite. They're bullies. Screw you, Epic. Do you do you know how this business plan came about? It did Who's Metro Exodus? What is it? Who is their developer? Did they have anything to do with this? Was this just like a publisher decision? Um, was this just According, like a- yeah, and I'm sorry, I should be more well versed in this. I've been trying to distance myself from the story because I don't really like these types of stories professionally. Um, from what I understand is that one of the developers of the game said it came from a higher up at one of the publishers. Uh, so it wasn't so much the the creative team that was behind this. It was more the publishing team behind it. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to look up exactly who publishes the Metro series. Because they're a relative, I think it's Deep Silver, right? Yeah, Deep Silver. So yeah, so it looks like um, THQ Nordic GM, according to GameSpot, THQ Nordic GmbH took to Twitter to explain that it had no involvement in the decision. The decision to publish Metro Exodus at the time, oh my God, it's a timed exclusive, shut up. All right, at the time, Epic Store exclusive was made entirely on Cock. The Koch Media's, Koch Media side as Metro is their intellectual property. They are a sister company of THQ Nordic, which is the reason why we can and will not comment on this matter. So again, it looks like these publishers are stepping all over these developers in order to make a quick buck. Yeah, that's what. what is the alternative? I don't understand. I don't know why people think this is not a business. Well, it's the same thing with with uh, you know it's not on the same level, but it's the same thing with that anthem controversy that came out this week. I don't know if you saw that, but EA released a basically schedule of when you uh-huh. could play when some people could play anthem, and yeah. just if you haven't seen it, just go look this up because it's so bad, and it's just another example of like EA stepping all over their developers' toes in order to make money, but it's just like certain people have certain windows like if you have an ea access you get a 10 window 10 hour window to play the game before anyone else two days before it's released and it's just it's only available for pc players it's just it's disgusting right so it's just like what are we gonna do to stop this and i think this is where these people that are getting so angry are they think that they're on the forefront of this battle like these people who are review bombing and getting very angry about Metro Exodus think that they're the Rosa Parks of video game, the video game industry. (laughs) Uh, Wait, hold on. Now I'm trying to play catch up here. So what's happening with the Epic game store then with Metro? You said it's a timed exclusive. No, I'm I'm talking, I'm trying to compare it to the Anthem thing that happened. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make a point that these publishers like ea and the publisher behind metro exodus Mm -hmm. they just get in the way of the developer's dream of just putting out a product that fans like right and you know like you said it's a business so and a lot of the business decisions behind games rub gamers off badly so and this is just another example and we're we're just going to see more of this so get used to this and i think a lot of people are getting angry and a lot of people want to be an activist these days and i think they're they think that review bombing games 
is like equivalent to like marching, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's blown completely out of proportion. I do want to make sure that I'm not like sounding like I'm double speaking here because what you said about the anthem, that's more like throttling content as it comes it is. out. It as is. As opposed to offering something exclusive. Like I'm not getting mad at Sony for having Marvel's Spider-Man all to themselves. And I don't understand how Epic hosting Metro Exodus is that much different than Sony having an exclusive title and Nintendo having an exclusive title. It is a PC game. This is the way you can play it on PC. Why would Epic not be allowed to do that? I don't get it. If Steam has PC... Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, no. Please answer my question because I'm actually asking. But if I believe... Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If Steam had it exclusively, would people be as pissed at Steam right now? This is where I think the problem is. I don't think PC gamers have had to ever deal with this, right? Well, they've had to deal with it on a larger extent where like console games aren't being released for PC and likewise PC games are being released for console, but they've never had Steam. People that have Steam have never had to fight with anything where it's just like something's coming out for PC, but it's not available to me. It's available on another platform. Does that make any sense? Yes. Am I making sense? Yeah. So, so- that's my problem. I don't understand. The I think it's there. it's new, right? It's just it's a new feeling to them, and it's just another way of preventing PC gamers from playing playing games. If that, if, especially Steam owners from playing games, and so I think this is like. Well, I, you haven't bought Steam. That's my pro- Steam is free. And so, so is Epic Games Launcher. Cool. Right. This is this is why this is why the. I'm trying to I'm trying to fight a battle that I don't agree with. Okay, I'm trying I and mean, I'm uh, failing spectacularly. Picking up that baton. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's hard. It's it's a very hard baton to pick up. But I'm just trying. I'm if I was self righteous, if I was a self righteous PC gamer, which a lot of them are, a lot of them are. I feel like this is where I'd be coming from. I don't want another platform coming on to prevent me from playing games right when they release Uh, yeah okay fine and i know that you're not actually saying this you're saying that in as a stand-in for people who might say this but my answer to that is is that it's not a deterrent for you you just have to download a different app in order to play the game and like sure that can be a little bit annoying but i do not see any way in which you are not just being entitled in this situation and i I am I am asking anyone who is listening who feels the opposite of me right now, please state your case because I would love to hear it. I'm not saying I'm right necessarily. I am just saying that's the way it appears to me and I do not see the other side of this argument. I would love to hear the other side of this argument if there is a legitimate case to make outside of I don't want to download another app. And the only argument I could think of is someone saying let people decide which store they want to buy their game from. Like don't force people to like get a, download a specific store to buy their game from. That's the only but argument. You don't I get see. that anywhere else in life. Nowhere else in life do you get that. I cannot get certain things that I get at Whole Foods at my Ralph's or my Scalari's grocery store. So why in the world would it be different online for video games? Because I'm a gamer. Yeah, but that's what it boils down to then, right? Like I'm entitled. That's the I'm, end. Thank you. Because I'm a gamer. Yeah. And because I paid so much money for this product, I'm entitled to basically yell at publishers, yell at developers who don't abide by what I want. My thing too, also, and this is what's different about games and coming from somebody who was working in Hollywood for a while, the amount of transparency in the game world and the way that they 
interact with fans who actually do take up grievances is amazing. And this is what bothers me more about how entitled these people are. You're talking directly to the guys who publish it, and they are doing their best to try and make it better for you afterwards. Most of them, not all of them do that. But a lot of them do, and they change things. Even huge places like Rockstar, they had that open beta for their Red Dead Online and did change a lot of things afterwards based on like consumer feedback. There's still issues with Red Dead Online, but they did, they listened, and they do that a lot in games. You don't do, did Ryan Johnson go back and change a whole bunch of problems with The Last Jedi? <laughs> I knew no, that was coming. He Instead, he attacked people online and made a horrible movie. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I, 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 and it, it's getting better, though, Pat. Um, it's getting a lot better because beef, I think. As bad as when you got when you started covering video games, um, is when it started getting better. Because remember oh, when, when we yeah. first, it was all you. Good congratulations. <laughs> remember when we first started doing the podcast? It was Battlefront. Battlefront was yeah. doing a lot of stuff that EA was doing a lot of stuff that made people mad. And I think because of this, we are starting to see a lot of a transparency from gamers. I mean, look at what happened with Metroid Prime Four and Nintendo uh, two weeks ago, where they basically came out and said, "Look, we were developing a game." It was shit. We didn't like it. So we scrapped the whole thing and we're redoing it. Nintendo fans were like really happy about that. Yeah. Rather than making up excuses and going, you know, running around the bush and hiding and not going away like No Man's Sky where they disappeared for six months after that fiasco. They were up front with it. You know, they were just like, we made a mistake. We're fixing it. Be patient with us, please. That's all you have to do in life. Everywhere. Let this be a lesson life. Just be transparent with people and they, they won't get angry with you. I love that you brought up that Metroid Prime thing uh, because that's a perfect example of this. And still, people got mad. I don't know if you went on the Nintendo subreddit, but there were a lot of people who got mad about that, which is completely bogus. Uh, because what do you want them to do? Release a crappy game? And then be <laughs> even angrier? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. And the fact that these people really care about the products that they're making, it should be... That should be applauded, and there is no other media business that works that way. No. Game stands alone in that regard. You're absolutely right, and I think this is a very good point. And, it, and, and it's, like I said, it's getting better. It's getting a lot better, and we're seeing a lot more. We're seeing a lot more developers really just trying to do better, and I, that's just something that I like to see. Like even the Anthem demo, it was a fiasco last week, and those guys came out, those guys and ladies came out, and they were really up, up front about everything that came that was happening. Um, and, you know, they had some backlash, but I think we just need more transparency in the gaming industry. Yeah, And, and I think the problem be- around Metro Exodus, it's just, it was just one of those things that it just happened. Like, people feel like they had the rug pulled under them. So Sure. All right. Well, in that respect, I can I can appreciate that that it just kind of happened like cold after you would expect in something else. I am more upset, and to clarify my loser line from earlier, I'm upset with the people who the reaction of the people that did it. I understand you being upset. I understand you even boycotting the game. I wouldn't myself if I was into buying it. Uh, but I don't understand you going on and review bombing old games and saying some of the stuff that I've seen on Twitter to these people who made Metro is. There's no excuse for that, and frankly, if you do that, you are a loser, and I feel bad for you. I don't understand where this notion comes from, that you have ownership over this thing that somebody else is making for you. Right, right, right. I, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 and like you said, it's, I only see this in the video game. Well, no, never mind. I see this you know, in nerd culture. I only sure, see this in nerd, nerd culture. culture yeah. yeah. It's like the, the dark side of nerd culture. 
Which is probably the biggest side. Yeah, it's like dark, nerd culture is like 95% dark. It's like 5% light there. Uh, it's a good light though. That 5% is it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's really good light. It's like bright yeah. light. Got to put on your sunglasses. You can get a tan from it. Yeah. No cancer. It's a good light. It's a cancer-free tan. You can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that 95% darkness, oh God. And let me just play devil's advocate on myself real fast because the logical argument based on everything that we just said is if things are getting better, maybe these protests are working. Sure, maybe they are. But I do not like some of the ways that these are going, these are being done. Oh, God, that's a good point. Yeah, I know. And I I mean, it has to be addressed, right? Because if I was listening to this, that's what I would have been screaming at my radio. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess it is working. But man, I can't. Wow, man. Not, just be more civil, everyone, please. And uh, yeah, yeah, but just, oh God, now you're making me think. Is this the oh, way we yeah. should be fighting now? Is it? No, like, no. Is, is this the way we should just go review bomb senators that we don't agree with? <laughs> <laughs> like, should, we, should we create a platform for politicians where we can review bomb them Rate if we don't agree? Ratemycongressman.com. We have an idea right here. We have an idea yeah. right here. Sorry, everybody. We're going to be quitting the podcast because we're now billionaires. Yes. Yes. You can review everyone. Ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, teachers. Your cat. Coworker. <laughs> I can't, man. 2019 is wild. 2019 is wild. Yeah, we're off to a hot start right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, we're, we're getting up against it. So I do want to talk about one last thing, and we touched on it slightly. Uh, let's talk about the Anthem demo. They had a VIP demo last weekend. Last weekend, yeah. And then this weekend, there was the public demo for Anthem, which is an anticipated title from EA and BioWare. I am on the fence about how I feel about it. I am interested in your thoughts, Evan. Oh, man. Oh, man. Where to start? Okay, so last weekend, I was I didn't I don't usually play demos. I really want Anthem. I'm really hyped for Anthem. If you listen to the podcast, you know I've been hyped for Anthem for a long time. So I downloaded it and I couldn't get into it. I didn't get angry because I I think if you get angry about demos, you're you're a nerd. So I didn't get angry because I went into it knowing that there's going to be issues, knowing that there are going to be server issues. Um, I actually did find a way to finagle my way into the demo. So whenever the game, so the game just wouldn't load up for me. It would stop on mm-hmm. the 95%. And if you know, if you try to play the Anthem demo, you know what I'm talking about. It would stop at like 95% and freeze. So I'd have, when I played the demo last weekend, I'd have to exit out of the demo, relaunch the demo, go back into the expedition, and then I would jump right into where it froze. So I had to do that multiple, multiple, multiple times. And I put a good amount of time in that demo last weekend because let's be honest, the gameplay in Anthem is fantastic. Shooting things feels good. The enemies, fi- shooting the enemies feel good. I like the different enemy types. The game is gorgeous. I love flying on the game. I love flying in the game. I'm playing it on PS4. I know there's a lot of people on PC complaining about how flying feels. Um, that's what you get for having a PC. But it just, it's a good, solid game if you're looking for that loot based type shooter. It's, it's similar to Destiny. It's similar to Anthem. Or, my bad. The Division. Whereas you're going on these different types of strikes or expeditions or whatever you want to call them, you have to kill a certain amount of enemies, you get loot, you come back, you apply that loot to yourself, and you level up. So the gameplay is good. Everything around the gameplay is terrible. Terrible. (laughs) The servers on the demo 
last weekend were terrible. No one could get in. There, it was buggy. I had uh, some rubber banding issues that I've never seen in the game before. I it was so bad. But about Sunday, it started to get better. This week, however, it played a lot better. Um, I put like a four hour session in last night with one of my good friends. It was my first time playing with someone else, and it was a really good experience. We had a we had a really good time. And if we're going to compare it to Destiny, where does it fall so far for you compared to Destiny? Oh, it doesn't compare even close. Destiny is like the pinnacle of those type of games for me. I th- I think a better comparison would be the Division cuz l- whatever you want to say about Destiny, you have to you have to admit that everything surrounding Destiny is perfect, like the menus, the servers, the the way you get missions, the way the game was set up. That's all perfect to me. So I don't I think we're not going to get another game in that realm, I, but I think we should, and people might bash me for this. I think games, if they want to try to be like, they should be more like destiny. Right. And that's my problem with Anthem. Like the player hub that I heard they're changing to make it more like destiny is terrible. So me and my buddy didn't even know if we were in the same team last night. Um, the menus are fine. I like the way the menus look, the customization in Anthem. I, I have to just go back. The customization options in Anthem is so good. Right now, I have a Hulkbuster suit. I have like the Iron Man Hulkbuster like color scheme, and you can basically make whatever you want with that. So that I'm really excited about. But I'm really nervous about a the story. I don't know what the story is going to look like. B I don't know what the servers are going to look like when this game launches. I don't know what the end game is going to look like. There's a lot. There's a lot of question marks. Right. Well, I mean, there were question marks during production. This is like one of the most troubled productions in a long time. This story originally I was so excited for because Drew Carpesian was working on it. And Drew Carpesian worked on uh, Knights of the Old Republic, among lots of other things. He's written Star Wars novels. He's a fantastic writer. The good Mass Effects. Yeah, those are exactly. The good Mass Effects. And then Casey Hudson was the, uh, the project director, the creative director of BioWare at the time. Then they both left. And then Casey Hudson came back on at the end of 2017 or the beginning of 2018, whenever it was. So this whole thing has been like a roller coaster ride, and I don't know if we're going to get a muddled mess or if somehow they scrapped it all together and it's going to be great. It feels good. It 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 feels really good. I can't discount that fact. And when I'm playing it, I'm having a lot of fun. It's some of the most fun that I've had with a third person shooter in a long time. The it's hard too. It's very challenging. Completing certain types of objectives feels good. You feel like you've done something. You've accomplished something. So the game, the moment-to-moment actions in the game feel great. It's just all this other stuff surrounding the game where I don't really know what they were thinking. I, you know, you're trying, BioWare's a story-driven, you know, they're a story-driven studio. I mean, Knights of the mm-hmm. Old Republic, Mass Effects, uh, Jade Empires. Yeah. We've had a lot of great story-driven games from BioWare. So for them to remove themselves from that formula and to put this in a basically massively online uh, multiplayer it's 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 a it's a big test of strength for them, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I think they got the gameplay right. It's just, are they? Did they do enough to keep people engaged? And did they do enough to keep people coming back to it, like the de- like the Destiny players? I think only time will tell on that. It doesn't seem to have as much buzz as I feel like it would. I think we, you know, it, but we had, like you said, we've had such a good January. So, you know, a lot of people are playing Resident Evil right now. A lot of people are playing, um, what's that, what's that other one that just came out? Um, 
Kingdom Hearts Kingdom three, Hearts. three. Yeah. See, I forgot about it already. Um, so a lot of people are playing those two games. So I feel like a lot of people are skeptical about Bioware because of Mass Effect three. So a lot of and a lot of people hate EA. Let's be honest. A lot of people want this game to suffer because of EA. Sure. Well, I also, I mean, the day that it gets released. Oh no, I'm sorry. Anthem comes out the week afterwards, but February is just loaded with games. Like, so February 15th has four, well, three major uh, releases coming out with Crackdown Three, Far Cry New Dawn, Metro Exodus, and then Jump Force comes out too. But I don't put that on quite the same level. And then the next week is Anthem. So that is like a gauntlet of games coming out. So it has a lot of competition going. And don't though Crackdown looks pretty not great and what doesn't look oh crackdown three no um i'm scared about that game and yeah and then like we have uh what you call it at the end of the month too um uh, metro exodus so i think metro exodus and anthem are like a week apart from each other yep. so and then we jump right into march which is a, another great month so but it's a lot of good games coming out i i don't know if it's going to steal thunder from uh anthem i know the demo last week put a lot of a bad taste in people's mouths i know that this week they did a lot better i seen a lot more positivity on twitter around it um mm-hmm. i you know i still had my issues the game froze on me once last night i spent an hour before this podcast doing a stronghold and then after i finished it it froze on me and all my loot that i collected did not transfer over so Whoa. i can't be upset though because it's a demo so it's my fault right. so um if it happened in on the 22nd when this game released, I would be very angry. But right now, I'm, we'll see. We'll see. I yeah, we still have a month. We still have almost a month. Well, almost a month. Yeah, 20 days. They have a lot of work to do in 20 days, to be honest with you. Right. They have a lot of work to do well, in 20 days. We'll Look, January was a great month. Uh, February is going to have a lot of games, too. I still have not seen a game that is like the game yet this year. But to be fair, uh, I don't think, what was it, March? God of War didn't come out until March last year. And obviously, bigger games are loaded at the end of the year. So we still have a lot more to look forward to. I have no idea, even looking at like the release schedule, what would be the game of the year this year. Whereas last year, I knew from the get-go it was going to be God of War or it was going to be Red Dead, even before those two games came out. So we'll see how this year shapes up. I'm still waiting on release dates for the major unknowns. And we all know what they are. We just don't know when they're coming. These games are all great. We don't have a Cyberpunk release date. We don't have a Death Stranding release date. We don't have a Last of Us 2 they're release date. They're not coming date. out. And those are the babies that are left on this generation. And honestly, I don't think we're getting them. Because they just announced a PS5. I, I honestly think all those games that you just announced are going to be PS5 launch titles. Probably. Well, I don't know. We'll see. It's either very, very late cycle of this generation or very early cycle launch titles. Yeah, and I'm excited because late cycle in video games, um, life, what late what am I trying to say? The late, the end of the cycle of every video game console is usually the best time for games. I mean, that's when we got GTA five. Um, and that's the only game I can think of right now. So so I think we're really going to start seeing developers push these systems in every possible way. Right. I agree. Well, we're, we're getting close to the end of it, uh, based on a lot of rumors that are happening. So it's going to be an interesting year. It's going to be an exciting year, and we're just getting started. I mean, we've only got one month in the books right now, so we got a lot to look forward to. Uh, I hate to say it, but we're running out of time, Eddie, so we're going to have to wrap it up. I'm sorry, dude. That's fine. I think we got everything in. I don't even think we need to talk about what games we're playing because we covered it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I will say, though, I am playing Golf Story, and it's amazing. I'm sorry. I'm so late on it, but Golf Story is freaking Tell awesome. me what you think when you get to the end because that game gets real hard real quick. Ah, well, I'm looking forward to that. Are you then. still playing Ace Combat? Yes, but I suck at it. It's so. so hard, but it's so good. So hard. It's awesome, and I want a VR uh, oh, because it seems. Oh, I was screaming. 
I was, I was like, woo! I was scream. I was having a great time playing it. It's a great game. I can literally see you with that headset on, just screaming. Your oh, I, yeah, I can just call and like, "What the hell are you playing?" I'm like, "Ace Combat, man." And that's yeah. another game we didn't talk right, about. Well, so there we go. Yeah, lots of games, lots of games. Lots of games. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, let us know what you think. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode. Uh, if you want to call us idiots or shills for the man, let us know in the comments. Uh, anyway, uh, thank you again. Uh, I want to thank Eddie for talking to me and all of you guys for listening. We yeah, love you. Thank Dad. you. Follow us on Twitter, Donkey Kong Artists. Donkey Kong Artists. Yeah. And then this this That's will be it. on our website. So check it out. DonkeyConArtists.com. Check it out. All right, lady. Love Gaz. y'all. Hi, Earl. Hey, Earl. Do our podcast soon, Earl.